Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. So I have to share with you, we recently celebrated my granddaughter's baptism. And those of you who have been grandparents for a while, you know how special these sorts of occasions are. And the day of her baptism, it was beautiful. The whole family gathered together to celebrate her being welcomed into the church. And I do have to say, she looked so precious and sweet in her little white dress. My heart was filled with so much joy and gratitude as the blessed water was poured over her little head and the pastor blessed her in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It was such a beautiful day. The minister at the church gave a sermon that really challenged my thinking. He talked about the words believe, behave, and belong. As the church welcomed six children into their community that morning, wait, did I mention that my granddaughter was the cutest? Anyways, the pastor's sermon focused on what it means to belong to a church, but he also talked about the need to belong and why you and I have a desire to feel a sense of belonging. To belong means to have a sense of connection, acceptance, or affiliation with a particular group, um, a community, a place that you're connected to. It encompasses the feeling of, it's like you're part of something larger than yourself. And within that, there's a sense of shared identity, purpose, and shared values. So when you feel like you belong, you experience a sense of inclusion and acceptance. You feel recognized, understood, and valued by people within that group. Belonging can provide you with a sense of security, support, and connectedness, which fosters a feeling of being at home or in a place where you are safe and understood. Now, where do you feel like you belong? Do you have groups that come to mind for you? Maybe with family, with coworkers, maybe a group within your church that you belong to where everyone is like-minded. You have the same goal or the same mission. Maybe it's in your neighborhood or within your community. When I talk about this, instead of thinking of groups where you feel like you belong, 
Maybe you immediately thought of groups where you don't belong. I love this quote by Phoebe Stone. Not belonging, she says, is a terrible feeling. It feels awkward and it hurts, as if you were wearing someone else's shoes. I think all women can relate to that, right? One of the transitions that I see many midlife women face, and in fact, it's one that I faced as well, is the need to realign where they belong. As moms, it's common for our friend groups or support groups to be other moms and parents of our children's friends. As a mom of three boys, Gary and I spent hours and hours with other parents at sports practices, birthday parties, ball games, you know. Sitting in the stands cheering for your son's team can create a bond. Moms work together. We help with carpooling, bringing snacks, or whatever else the team needs. I can remember as a mom with kids going in different directions. Gary and I were both going in different directions, and it seemed like it would go on forever. During that time, Gary and I would often joke that we needed the week to recover from the busy weekend. I bet you can relate to that. Now, if you're an empty nester or getting close, then you know the games and practices do come to a close, and it's very bittersweet. For us, it happened abruptly. Our youngest son tore his ACL in the fall of his junior year during a rugby game. Then literally, I'm not exaggerating, as he was cleared only days before from healing from the ACL tear, he had a freak accident in our front yard and tore his patellar tendon. Even the doctor was stunned. Jackson spent months recovering from both of these injuries, which ended his sports career. All of a sudden, after years of belonging to a group of parents, our connection was lost. We were no longer in the stands cheering for our son. We weren't waiting at practices or games for them to be finished. Now, many of these people are still our friends, But the belonging changed. All of a sudden, it was almost like we were on the outside. Can you relate to a similar situation, maybe with sports, gymnastics, or another activity your children were involved in? As kids go off to college, many moms find themselves not only adjusting to their child being gone, but rediscovering who their group is, who they belong to. In society, belonging is often conditional based on what you believe and how you behave. As I was researching the words believe, behave, and belong, I found that there's been much discussion. I found several articles about these words and how they pertain to faith and church communities. Many churches are built based on a group of people with the same beliefs and behaviors, right? That makes sense. If you walk into your Catholic church, people are there because of their belief in scriptures and the church teachings. Their behavior is a reflection of what they believe in the church through the gestures and prayers of the Mass. So you could assume that if you believe and behave like others, that you always feel like you belong. But we know that this isn't always the case. I bet you and I, can both think of examples of situations where 
we had similar beliefs and behaved in the same way as a certain group, yet we didn't have that sense of belonging. We didn't feel like we belonged. Maybe it was in high school or college, a mom's group or at work. Belonging isn't always that easy. Now, belonging can manifest in various aspects of your life, such as in your family, friendships, social groups, organizations, communities, or there's even a sense of belonging to a particular culture, nationality, or religious group. So let's talk about why belonging is so important. Because belonging contributes to your overall well-being, your self-esteem, and it is the foundation of identity formation. It provides a framework for understanding your place in the world and your relationships with others. However, I want you to know that the experience of belonging is subjective and can vary from person to person and can be influenced by many different factors. Some women have a desire to belong or be included more than others. Now, we all have that friend, and I have one that comes to my mind who's the social butterfly. She's usually the one organizing gatherings, and she seems to never be tired. She's always up for going out or getting together. She loves that sense of belonging and being with others. This past week, I experienced two different types of belonging. The first was with a group of women that I taught with for many, many years. We gathered at the school one evening to remember a coworker who died recently. As we talked and shared stories about her life, you could sense the bond or the belonging that we had together. It was a belonging that was built from years of working together in the church and in the school community. We could relate to the stories being shared because we experienced many of those stories together. Over the years, we got to know each other well. We knew about each other's families, and we were there for one another to celebrate milestones. So there was a sense of belonging that happened over time. The other type of belonging happened through a shared experience. Some of the pilgrims that I recently traveled to Medjugorje with gathered for a Marian prayer group. Even though we had not seen each other since April, there was an immediate sense of belonging. On that trip, a bond was formed as we experienced Medjugorje together. We were only together for a week, but that belonging we felt was built on shared belief and behaviors. So the reason I share this is that there were two points that the pastor shared. He really challenged me to think about belonging. The first point was that many of us tend to believe that we don't belong to the church or we don't belong to God's family because we don't do enough or because our mistakes and sins are too great. So moms, I want you to listen up because I see this so much in my Catholic life coaching. I talked with moms who feel guilty or beat themselves up because they didn't do enough. They second-guess actions that they've taken in the past, and so they don't feel like they belong to God's family. In this situation, it's easy to keep God at arm's length. 
thinking once you overcome your shortcomings or you fix it or you get rid of the weaknesses, then you will belong once everything's perfect. But here's the truth. You and I belong to the body of Christ because we are sons and daughters of God. God wants to welcome you and I into his embrace, but we are the ones that keep him at arm's length. To me, this often feels like being on a treadmill, trying to earn his love and approval, yet I never get any closer to belonging. You know, like it's the harder you try, the more out of breath you get, your face is red from effort, but you're still stuck in the same place on a treadmill. You have to realize that you already belong. The belonging with God comes first. It is not earned. Brene Brown said, when you get to a place where you understand that love and belonging, your worthiness is a birthright and not something you have to earn, anything is possible. So knowing that you belong to God comes before belief and behavior. In fact, belonging is what opens the door to new habits and a new way of life. Knowing that you already belong to God because you are a son or daughter of God, to me, that takes off all the pressure. It allows you to be your authentic self. It allows you to be honest and humble. Knowing and having the security that you belong will help you to take an honest look at your strengths and your weaknesses, your pain, your hurts, the wounds that you carry around with the assurance that God loves you and He wants what's best for you. It allows you to turn to Him in faith and surrender everything because in your heart, you know that you belong. I want to share something I recently read in Mark Mallett's blog. It reminded me of how we belong no matter how big our mistake, no matter how big our failure or sin may seem. He said, when I say that God loves you as you are, that is not to say he loves you in the state you're in. What kind of father would say, oh, I love you as you are, as tears roll down our cheeks and pain fills our hearts? It is precisely because we are loved so much that the father refuses to leave us in a fallen state. I think you could say it is because we belong to the Father that He refuses to leave us on our own. Okay, so the second point that the pastor shared is how our society often seems to label people based on their lifestyle. You and I both know how much division and conflict there is in the world right now. This division can be very heated. It's destroyed relationships, families, and communities. That day in the sermon, the pastor talked about belonging first. What if belonging came first and wasn't based on your beliefs or behavior? And he used the example of Zacchaeus. So here's a quick recap. The story of Zacchaeus takes place in the city of Jericho. Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus and wanted to see him as he passed through the city. However, the crowd was very large, and Zacchaeus, being short of stature, couldn't see over them. So Zacchaeus climbed that famous sycamore fig tree to get a better view. 
When Jesus reached the spot, he noticed Zacchaeus in the tree and called out to him, saying that he would like to stay at his house. Zacchaeus joyfully welcomed Jesus into his home, but the people around them, however, began to be critical because Zacchaeus was a tax collector and was often despised because of his reputation for corruption. So during their time together, Zacchaeus was transformed by Jesus. Just Jesus's presence changed him. Now, Jesus didn't wait for Zacchaeus to change his beliefs or behavior before he reached out to him. Because Zacchaeus felt like he belonged, it was through that belonging that he was transformed into a new person. Belonging to Jesus has the potential for transformation and redemption. A similar example is the woman at the well, which most women can relate to in some way. This woman was an outcast. She didn't belong because of her lifestyle and her mistakes, which was evident because she came to the well in the middle of the day. She was hoping to fill her water jar and head home without seeing anyone, without having any interactions. She was filled with shame and embarrassment and probably felt unworthy compared to the other women she saw around her in the village. As you know from the scripture passage, her encounter with Jesus was one built on belonging. Jesus did show her a new way of living that changed her beliefs and her behavior, but she belonged first. She felt a sense of belonging as Jesus talked to her and revealed himself. Again, like Zacchaeus, it was in the belonging that opened her up to the transformation and the redemption that happens through Christ. So what if we followed Jesus's footsteps and reached out to people with belonging first? I was recently in a large group of people and encountered someone that was quite difficult. It was obvious that they had a chip on their shoulder, and they made the situation uncomfortable for me and several of the people around me. My first reaction was to judge and to begin criticizing this person. And in my mind, I started listing all their flaws and how they were different from me and how they were wrong. You know... You've been in a similar situation. And then all of a sudden, in that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He reminded me of the recent sermon on belonging. And he called attention to the fact that God loves this person just as much as he loved me. Talk about being humbled. Later on in the day, I came into contact with this person And instead of doing what I would normally do, which is looking the other way and avoiding her, I made eye contact and said hello. It was a simple gesture. She responded with a hello and a nod. Now, it wasn't earth-shattering, we're not best friends, and let's be honest, it was probably more meaningful to me than her. But What if you and I both make eye contact and say hello to those we disagree with, those who are different and maybe don't have the same beliefs or act in the way that we would? If we do this in an effort to create a sense of belonging instead of turning in the other direction. 
So why is creating a sense of belonging important? I'm going to give you three reasons. First is emotional well-being. When people belong and feel a sense of belonging, they experience positive emotions, such as happiness, fulfillment, and contentment. The support, acceptance, and validation received from belonging to a group or community can contribute to someone's overall psychological well-being. Think about a time that you felt you belonged. It is what each of us strive for. It is in that belonging you receive support and encouragement. In the church, belonging is a time for fellowship, where you share your God moments and your testimonies, but it's also a place where you feel safe to share, ask for help, ask for prayers, ask people to pray with you. The second way that belonging is important is a sense of security. Belonging can provide a sense of security and protection. It offers a feeling of being part of something larger, which can provide stability. And we know that we live in a world that seems to be so connected because of social media and texting, but yet we're more disconnected than we ever have been before. So belonging can help provide stability and reduce feelings of uncertainty or isolation. And then the third reason is the need for acceptance and inclusion. Humans are social beings, and we naturally desire acceptance and to be included. I'm sure you have been in situations, whether in your childhood or teenage years, or heck, it still happens to us moms today, that you feel excluded, you feel left out. And the feeling of being accepted by others and included in social groups satisfies our basic need for social connection. And it also validates our sense of belonging in the world. All right, we can give ourselves and one another the gift of belonging. Like Jesus, when you want to make a difference in someone's life, when you want to help them break free from unhealthy behaviors or if they're going down the wrong road, it must be done through love and belonging. Before you can encourage them to change, before you can share a new way with them, they must feel like they belong because then they are more open to transformation. When you encounter someone and your first response, like me with that person a few days ago, your first response is to judge or criticize them. Think about Zacchaeus or the woman at the well. Think about how Jesus met them and then immediately allowed them to feel that sense of belonging. It didn't mean he accepted or approved of their behavior. Of course not. But what it means is that he loved them unconditionally, and they belonged, all of them, every part of them, the good and the bad, their strengths and weaknesses, their joys and sorrows. So as we close, how can you foster a sense of belonging? First, connect with people on a personal level. Take the time to get to know them. Show genuine interest in their experiences, their opinions, their goals. It might simply start with making eye contact and saying hello. Number two, you can foster a sense of belonging by offering support and encouragement. 
This acknowledges their efforts, their achievements, and their strengths. Go out of your way to offer assistance or to create security and a willingness to help them. Sometimes it just takes showing an interest in them, and it makes all of the difference. Number three, lead by example. This promotes a sense of belonging, behavior that includes them, like empathy and kindness, even if they don't behave or have the same beliefs as you. Be conscious of the words you use, your actions, and demonstrate respect and love, which creates a sense of belonging. If you are going to help them change their ways, if you want to be like Jesus, like he did with Zacchaeus and the woman at the well, if you want to show them that there's something better, then it begins with love and belonging. So we started with the words, believe, behave, and belong. But I believe the order of the words are actually belong, believe, and behave. I want to end this with a quote by Nikki Gumbel, who created the Alpha program. He said, Church is not an organization you join. It is a family where you belong, a home where you are loved, and a hospital where you find healing. Now, obviously, the Catholic Church is so much more than this quote. We have so many beautiful gifts in the church, but it is a place where we can create an environment where others feel they belong, where they are loved, and a place where you and I will find healing and transformation. So friends, let's open the door to belonging. Let's be an example of what belonging can look like in our families, in our friend groups, in our church communities, and with anyone that we encounter. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you for being an example of meeting people with love and belonging. Thank you for the example that you showed with Zacchaeus and with the woman at the well, where you wanted to share something more, something better for their lives, but you did it through love and belonging. Lord, help us to continue that as midlife women. Help us to be that source of belonging to the people who feel left out, whether it's in our families, um, in our friend groups, in our church communities. Help us to follow in your example and to meet people with love and belonging. Lord, we ask that you place people in our path who need to feel that sense of belonging. Give us the words and wisdom to reach out to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle, or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. 
You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com. 